Hey, everybody, it's Meredith, and I'm here on the West Coast with my sister, Brett. Hello, Brett. Hello, Meredith. Okay, so actually, we're here because Brett has been trying out California and has been staying here for a while, and she recently got a full knee replacement surgery, which sucks, or is good, actually, but sucks right now. So we're coming to you with one sister who is fully with it and one sister who is, what, two hours of sleep, oxycodone, what else? Well, better today because of your rules, Meredith. When you're caretaking for a sibling, you have to be strict and stern about the sleeping rules, which are... Don't miss your window. That's first and foremost, right? Yeah, like she's in pain, she can't sleep, and when she wants to sleep, instead she's been putting on Vanderpump Rules and watching like 70 episodes of it, which apparently she doesn't even like. I don't. No, but now I'm in a hole... You called me the queen of inertia. And so now I'm in like, I can't, it's like the one thing on television is Vanderpump Rules. And I just finished season six. And, so, you know, sometimes I'm hate watching. Sometimes I'm not. But it's like the only, I just, it's it's like some weird lifeline, even though I hate it. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what the middle of the Venn diagram is of people who listen to the Love Letters podcast and people who watch Vanderpump Rules. I'm sure there is a middle. But anyway, if any of you people have anything you want to tell Brett about Vanderpump or talk about it, feel free because this is an area where like, I can't meet her in the middle. I know there there are like two dudes with the same name who kiss the same lady, but I don't know anything else. And and I'm okay with that. Like, so, but, but the real reason we're going to talk today, we're going to, we're going to answer a letter, but this is a really good time to send a letter because Love Letters is also an advice column. We love answering letters. The letters actually help inform what the seasons become because I see trends, patterns, and people's problems. And these letters are what often give me ideas for episodes. And sometimes it's the letter writers who become people who are on the episodes. So this is a really good time to send letters because I'm reading, I'm answering, and then Brett's reading and giving me her own opinions. Uh, Brett, you'd like to read other people's problems, Yes. Oh my God, I love drama. What kind of problems do you like to read about when people send letters to an advice column? I like letters that are coming from people that have been in a long-term relationship where, like where it's, I like it when it's not black and white, when it's about things that like just happen in long-term relationships, like possibly the sex life kind of goes away, but you really get along with the person, but also they get on your nerves and also you want to kill them, but you also love them and you've like, you you have a groove. So you live together. Okay. But also you're kind of bored, but also there are these key underlying factors. Like when things are really gray, but there's also a lot of love. I don't know all that. I find very interesting. What are your favorite kind of letters? I'm just curious. Well, many years into this, I like the letters that are are like about something specific but universal. So like we had a letter today from an 85-year-old man dating an 81-year-old woman who felt like deleted from her story. Like she'd be like, I have season tickets to the ballet. I'm, I'm going on vacation, but they've been together for two years. And he's like, uh, we share season tickets. I love that letter as something universal because we've all dealt with someone who didn't quite say we were doing this, right? And we know what that feels like. So I love it when it seems like a letter is so nuanced that no one can relate. I also just love letters from people who 
are, are really seeking to make change and are like, well, I'm at a crossroads, right? Or my relationship, is, is this good enough? Is this what I want? And dating fatigue is also so universal, but so specific. So I love re- letters about, here is my experience with the dating world. What would shake this up a little bit? Because there are real answers and, and it's, it's nice to have people help brainstorm. So anyway, that's your call to action, people. All of the all of the letters, all of the problems, all of the dating fatigue, all of the we've been together for a while. Is this as good as it gets? You can email loveletters at boston.com and I will take those letters and I will answer them and then Brett will read them and she will judge us both. Now we're going to get to a letter. Are you ready? I'm ready. This one to me falls under letters we both love. It's a dating letter. It's also a long-term relationship letter. So this letter writer says, Meredith, my ex and I broke up a little over a month ago. I was sad about it at first, but the sadness quickly wore off. We argued a lot. She was very critical of me and controlling and manipulative. But I've been a serial monogamist ever since I first started dating at 17. I'm 28 now. I went from serious relationship to serious relationship with only breaks of one or two months. Because of this, I feel like I need to give myself at least a year of being single before I start dating again. I want to hone my skills in the areas of independence and self-reliance. I've been enjoying single life so far for the most part, but sometimes I find myself being attracted to people and accidentally flirting. I wish I could just turn attraction off, but I know that's impossible. Do you think it's really necessary for me to impose a whole year of singlehood on myself? I really do want to be single for that long and don't feel ready to date right now, but I'm afraid I'll be tempted to stray from my plan. Also, would not letting myself be tempted cause me to miss out on exploring a connection with someone who could be the love of my life? And they've signed this one year. What do you think about this idea that one year will reset a serial monogamist into a place of, I now know myself and can have a better relationship. Is that super arbitrary? I think it's healthy. I think that that, I think it's great to say like, I'm basically gonna go on, it's like a cleanse. I think think that's a nice thing to do. Now, here's the thing. Do I think that I'm going to like be on a restricted diet or whatever for a year and then I will have all these revelations, I will have it completely together? I will have solidified my vision values and mission and I will know exactly what I want. Therefore, I'll be able to find the ideal partner, meet them and be live happily ever after. No. So I think a year, it's nice to have like a nice rounded out time frame. But do I think that then all the answers will be made available or possible candidates? No. Do I think that it would be great for this person to maybe take a little bit of a monogamy break for a year? I think it's a great change of pace. How does that sound? I'm so glad you said monogamy break because, first of all, a lot of commenters on this letter asked if I knew the gender of the letter writer. I I don't for sure. I do have my suspicions for a number of reasons, email, etc., that this person is a woman, but I am not 100% sure. Um, I'm not sure it fully matters, but I would say that this idea of, well, why does it have to be either my next serious relationship or nothing is interesting to me. So my thing is, it would actually be great practice to flirt 
date and not be able to immediately commit to someone. So part of the practice here of taking a break might be getting attention, giving attention without deciding on, you know, date whatever, that this is going to be my next two years of life. I love the idea of just taking some time off of I'm finding the next monogamous partner. So do you feel like this letter writer is risking missing out on the love of their life by saying, I'm cutting myself off from this for a year? The first thing that just went through my head when you said that is like, oh, really? Because is there a love of your life? I mean, that I'm sorry. As somebody that just turned 50, like like a few weeks ago, like I just don't, I just don't buy into that, that it, I just feel like if I had met somebody at the age of 28, what is the likelihood that that person would be the love of my life? It's possible, but this, but you're right to say we're operating with the idea that there's one. You want to meet them at the right time when you feel good about yourself. So they won't be the love of your life if you're meeting them at the wrong time. Something tells me that if there is a real connection between the letter writer and somebody else that that connection will possibly defy rules because one or both parties will keep coming together, keep coming together. Or I know this drives you crazy when I do stuff like this or say something like the universe will keep bringing them together. So I just feel like if if somebody is is supposed to play a role in your life as a partner for a while, they're probably going to push through that rule that you've made for yourself possibly about that year of being single, whatever that means, if that means not dating or dating, but not committing or like whatever it is. I don't know. I just think that like, do I think the person will be missing out? Something tells me in my gut that no, not for this particular person. Brett, thank you so much for engaging while in a difficult time. Uh, Thank you to everyone who writes in a letter. It gives us so much to think about. Again, you can write any problem, any question to loveletters at boston.com. And we'll be here reading. Brett's got nothing else to do. And we'll have new episodes soon. Yes, thank you, Meredith, for having me on. Thank you. Love Letters is a production of the Boston Globe and PRX. Today's episode was produced by Scott Hellman and Jesse Remedios. Ned Porter does our audio mixing, sound design, and mastering. Devin Smith and Maddie Mortel do our audience engagement. Maggie Taylor is our marketing coordinator. Special thanks to Linda Henry. Our music is from APM. And if you like the show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts. We're online at loveletters.show. I'm Meredith Goldstein. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.